Alright, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast, brought to you by Red Triangle Sports. I'm your host, Matt Kozlowski. Uh, joining me tonight, got Shane Stein. It's uh, good to be here, Matt. It's great to be here. It's always good when we're playing each other. Always my best favorite week of the year. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully it goes a little better for you this week than week three. Yeah, I got I got trounced. <laughs> um, Flex. Also joining me and Shane tonight is Phil Bruce of the Seawolves. Gotta say, big shoes to fill on my part, but <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best. I'll, I'll do my best. Thanks for the invitation, guys. I'm really looking forward to being here. <laughs> I think Eddie. I think Eddie does wear a size 13, so I would agree <laughs> yeah, with that. Yeah, I, I think I'm at like a nine or nine and a half, so <laughs> not not off to a good start. <laughs> That's all right. Um, now Eddie had another commitment tonight. Uh, so, you know, Phil's been kind of jonesing to do this for a little while, so I thought reach out, and uh, luckily we were all able to make it work tonight, so we're excited to have you on. It's been a while since you've been on the show, it's been, it's been two years. Yeah, I, uh, I don't think you were on last year, were you? He I wasn't. haven't really gotten the invite. Oh, um, come on. For, for, for sure, so I'll, I'll try and keep it a little bit more PC this time. Um, <laughs> I, I know we had some listeners write in last time, so... <laughs> Uh, it's a family podcast. We, we want to do our best to, to get that five-star rating, so keep the subscribers. I'll, two, I'll, I'll try, guys. It's a two-way street, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, man. Yeah, all right, so Shane, I'm going to give Phil some time to talk, but let's start off with trivia. All right, I got two questions for you tonight. We're going to try to fill some airspace. Um, I feel like they're not too hard, but... Yeah, we gotta get um, as, we gotta fill some space for Eddie's long, <laughs> Eddie's long winded answers that he normally gives. As usual, you you guessed it. We are gonna go stop the Schwab style. <laughs> <laughs> Changing the format of week eleven. <laughs> so anyway, there are eleven players active in the NFL that have scored at least fifty touchdowns and have only played for one team in their career. Can you guys name the 11 players that have scored 50 touchdowns and played for one team? I'm guessing non-quarterback, right? Well, it would be very hard for a quarterback to score 50 touchdowns. Yeah, but, but I know there's one on the list, so. That could be. <laughs> <clears throat> so who wants to go first? I'll let the guest go. Hmm. How about Jordy Nelson? Jordy Nelson is the number five. He has 69 touchdowns, all for the Green Bay Packers. Nice. Um, I'm going to go with Antonio Gates. He's number one. 112th, all for the Super Chatters. Hmm. So, when we talk touchdowns, we're not talking passing touchdowns. Like right. Receiving or rushing. Yeah. Scoring a touchdown. <laughs> Larry Fitzgerald. Alright, for Cheryl's number two. He has 107, all for the Cardinals. Um, I think this is an answer, but um, Jason Witten. Yes, number six. 66 touchdowns for the Cowboys. Um...
answer. I figured that was going to be the one that you guys got wrong. Yep. He only has 42 touchdowns. That's unbelievable to me. All for the Falcons, but only 42. So, cause for the win here. I'll go Cameron Newton. Cam Newton is on the list. 52 touchdowns. He's number 11. He's the last guy. Um, 52 touchdowns for a quarterback. Just incredible. Yeah. Really. <laughs> That's just unbelievable. Really good, <laughs> really good stuff right there. Cam Newton has more touchdowns than Julio Jones. That's 10 more. <laughs> uh, if you guys want to keep going, I mean, you can finish out the list. Still got six more names on here. Well, I'm going to say Rob Gronkowski. Gronk is number three. 74 touchdowns. And I didn't mean to cut in front of Phil there, but I'll let him. If yeah. <laughs> Bunch of big names. I mean, only one guy on this list is not a big name. Um, uh, I think I'm done. I don't think Odell's... No, Odell's not there. Um, Odell has 38. Yeah. So. Um... Phil, you shouldn't be done. So, that's embarrassing. And Antonio Brown? Yeah, the best receiver in football. <laughs> has 58 touchdowns. I thought, I thought he was too young. I thought he was too young. Been around for a little while. Four years? He's also too good. Uh, I think it's his sixth. <laughs> four, four is the number one guy, probably. Yeah. Um, Demarius Thomas has to be on this list. Demarius has 54. All for the Broncos. Um, just going through a couple of the divisions right now in my head. Um, this is hard. Well, I'll give you a hint. How about Dez? I was just going to say, Des Bryant is number four. He has 73 touchdowns. All the guys that were left, I was including Des, so the two guys that are left have all been on either causes or Eddie's or your team. So Des was yours <laughs> at some point this year. There's two guys left. Yeah, two guys left. On Eddie's team. Well, A.J. Green. Abriel. <clears throat> Jeremiah. Green. Damn. 54 touchdowns. And actually, and I guess Doug Baldwin maybe is on this list. Doug Baldwin has 39. No. Okay. Um, But this guy, the last guy on this list, once traded for Julio Jones, who had 42 touchdowns. T.Y.? No. Chris Carson's not on that list, right? <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 that guy's a player. That guy's a player. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Julio Jones. Still has the most potential. Who was the other player? In Jonathan, that Jonathan Stewart. Jonathan Stewart has 53 touchdowns, all for the Panthers. I would have never got that. I don't know if you guys were watching that game the other night, but he's the only running back in the NFL that to lead his to be the all-time leading rusher for the team he's on. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. So He's, only, he's only like 30. He's had a pretty good career. I feel like yeah. he's 45. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, good good stuff. Number we'll move two. On. We'll try, try to uh, go a little quicker with this one. This one was 
might be a little tough. I don't know. We'll see. Bill Belichick has 244 career wins, which is incredible. Can you name, there are only 10 active coaches that have at least 60 wins <laughs> besides Belichick. Can you guys name the 10 active coaches that have 60 wins? McAdoo. <laughs> ben McAdoo <laughs> is not on the list. He Tomlin. has seven, I believe. <laughs> Uh, Mike Tomlin has 110 wins. He is sixth overall. I'll go Andrew Reed. Reed's number two, 179. Uh, Marvin Lewis. Lewis has 121. The non-Michigan Harbaugh. <laughs> that Harbaugh has 89. <laughs> he is ninth among the active coaches. Jack Del Rio. Good answer, man. 91 wins for Del Rio. Wow. That one was a surprise to me, too, when I looked. Yeah. I uh, I didn't see that coming. How about Mr. Jim Caldwell? Caldwell is not on the list. Wow. Because he is... He is not on the list. Hmm. Let's go Pete Carroll. Pete uh, Carroll yeah. has 109 wins. John Fox. John Fox is number three overall of active, 131. Wait, so we didn't get number one yet? Well, Belichick's number one. Oh, all right. I'm, I was okay. counting. I was going to say, how's Andy Reid not one? But how many do we have left? I lost count. There's four names left. Four. Number five overall, eight, ten, and eleven. Hmm. Just got his 60th win on Monday Night Football. So he is number 11. Nice. Good guess. Because um, the uh, 15 and 1 season kind of helps. Yeah. Not a fluke. I, I think Jason Garrett might be on this list. Jason Garrett's number 10. He's 63 wins. Two left. Huh? Two left here. Let me uh, toss out Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians has 45 wins. Um, uh, Malarkey? Mike Malarkey has 33 wins. <laughs> In two stints. Yeah. <laughs> One with the Bills and <laughs> his current gig. A uh, couple Super Bowl winning coaches. Got a ring on their finger here. Um, wait a second. Is Coughlin coaching? No. He's not no. a head coach right now. Not a head <laughs> coach. Oh. Oh, uh, Sean Payton. Sean Payton is number eight. He has, or sorry, 10, 9, 7. He has 101. I always forget he exists. Uh, 
and Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy, 119 wins for the pack. Um, just a, as a side note, Jim Caldwell has 58 cuts. <laughs> so he was, he was the next in line. I knew he had some good years with the Colts, and the, the Lions have been mediocre to above average with him, so I thought maybe he'd have enough years. But Yeah, so he's, he's on his way. He should get there by the end of this year. Yeah. Um, speaking of coaches and some of them being terrible, um, funny stat for Hugh Jackson and the Browns. It's now been 25 straight, I think, NFL Sundays since the Browns have a win because the one win that they got last year was on a Saturday. <laughs> so. That's because uh, that's the thing that's really funny, I was looking at stats the other day. They're like third in the league in like defense against the rush, and they, and they still can't win. Oh, terrible! Like their run defense is like the best in the league. Yeah, they're <laughs> they can't win. They're so bad. I don't I, get it. I don't know how you can get worse than that. Did any you guys saw that QB sneak last week? No, I missed it. All right, so there's ten seconds left, or ten fifteen seconds left in the first half. They had the ball in the three yard line, no timeouts. And Deshaun Kaiser, I don't know what he was doing, if that was the play or if he did an audible, but he like kind of did a QB sneak and just fell down at the two with 15 seconds left and no timeouts. <laughs> and the clock ran off because like, one of the defensive players was like laying on top of an offensive player and wouldn't let him get up. So the clock just ran out and they didn't get any points. And he was trying to plead his case to the, the one umpire. And I just, I couldn't exactly lip read, but I could only imagine the umpire saying to him, son, there's nothing I can do for you there. You just, you got to be a little better than that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Duke, Duke Johnson fired his helmet across the field. He was so, so annoyed. But that's just, <laughs> Brown's going to Brown. So, um, all right, let's switch. Uh, Shane's had the mic for a while. Let's. Let's t- switch it over to Phil. Just have a little open-ended discussion here. Where do you stand? Like like Shane said, it's been a while. Your your team's putting together another Phil-type season. You're a little above average. I shouldn't say you're above average. Your record's right around 500, trying to claw into the playoffs here. Um, how's how's 2017 treating you? Before you this is a this is a typical Phil season, isn't it? Like this 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 guy never changes. Like, you know, it's gonna be like seven and six, just scrapping. Yeah, load. If his team, he's had trash teams that finished seven and six. He's had loaded teams that finished seven and six. Yeah. He's just, he's just the seventy sixer. So. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate the airtime here. <laughs> don't don't really get a lot of chances to tell my side of the story. Um, yeah, seven and six is. Pretty much the Seawolf season, year in and year out. I do feel like this year my team's a little bit better than, than what it normally is comparatively. I actually have real players like Le'Veon Bell and pretty much it, Mark Ingram. Like these guys, if you were to redraft at this point, first, second round picks, normally I feel like I'm, I'm piecing together a lot of different waiver wire options. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty happy with. with where the team is, but that being said, I'm still going to finish right around 500. 
interesting stat I was looking at the other day, and this is unrelated to our fantasy league. It was another fantasy league that I, my my buddy is crazy doing analytics and has a lot of free time at work. But he really evaluated like the last ten seasons uh, of fantasy that him and his buddies have been doing, and it was crazy that the best team had like a fifty-eight percent win percentage, and the worst team was around forty-three. So fantasy to me is just something that's so far up in the air. Any given week, even if your team's that much better, you're looking at a fifty-five. 60% chance of winning. Oh, yeah. Right? We're basically, we're basically playing blackjack counting cards. <laughs> we're, we're, we're playing blackjack, and we have, like, the illusion of control over these teams. Like, we, like, we really think, like, if we win, like, we're really smart people. Like, we, we, actually, we actually get ourselves to the point of believing this shit. Sorry. Sorry, bad radio. No, that, you're, that, so, you're so that's right. That's bad radio. My chest couldn't be bigger this year, and last year I, won, I was, like, a feeble little boy, and... <laughs> I don't know if there's any difference, but I mean it's crazy. Even like the tone of the emails you're sending out now, cause I mean you, you got a good team and you're just letting everybody know about it, I, which is, it's great. It's great to see you fired up again. <laughs> you know, you got, you got the swagger back. You have to do that, though. It, you know, you'll find this out. It takes a little bit with small children around mm-hmm. to get your life back. <laughs> so. <laughs> I finally feel like I have a little bit of that coming back here. You know, Jonah's got his second birthday coming up. Emmett can wipe his own butt. So, um, we're getting, getting it back. Yeah, we're inch getting by there. Inch. Yeah, we're get getting your manhood back. <laughs> yes, yes, we're getting there. Um, but yeah, no, your team is good this year. I think I was just looking to see where you stand in terms of total points scored. Um, you're you're in the top half. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you're our third. division, <clears throat> our, our our division shaped out pretty much how it should. You know, sometimes you'll get the the teams that score a lot of points that are still like just by by chance they have a like a win loss record that doesn't match with it. I think you know yours yours might be a little bit better cause with with, with only two losses. Maybe you should have three or four. Um, but I mean, you have the highest point points scored in the, in the league, which which is great. Um, but I think our division shaked out as expected in, in terms of points scored. The other division, um, you know, you take any of the teams in our division and throw them in there, and you know, total points scored, they're 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 right there. Yeah. Um. So I, I think our our division's a little bit more loaded this year with talent than than the other one. Um. But that you know that's. That's just, it's all relative. Um, I, I am a little surprised that, that Shane's team hasn't done better. I think leave, leaving the draft, him getting Kareem Hunt at the position, position he did with Gronk, Antonio Brown, and Mike Evans, I, I really feel like he could have pieced together something than, than what we have. But other than that, it's been a pretty competitive league with few controversies. I mean, we had a Chris Carson for Julio Jones trade early in the season. <laughs> That ruffled a lot of a lot of feathers, uh, including those on the podcast fun, we had and, fun, and, and, we had and those listeners at home. Big <laughs> Funchescape. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Funches, which really, looking back on it, was a real pivotal point in the season because he's been such a keystone player for that team. <laughs> well, um, if you have two thumbs and a pulse, you're a keystone player for that team right now. <laughs> 
flex two or flex one written all over you. I had a conversation with Spears today, and we, I hadn't talked to him in a couple weeks probably, and he just was like, I, I want to let you know how mad I was when people were voting about that Devin Funches thing. He goes, like, you dudes were literally letting fantasy, like, bring out your character flaws. <laughs> He's like, Shane's your boy. Shane tells you he makes a mistake. He made a mistake. He's like, I don't understand why you're going to put a stupid game like this in front of, like, someone that's been your friend for so long. And I said, well, I, just, I wanted to yeah. teach him a lesson. <laughs> I, you know what? I think that's great perspective. And I, and I would like this opportunity to just voice how disappointed I was with this league over that situation. My God. The guy obviously didn't want to draft. He didn't want to drop two players for a defense. Nobody wants to do that. Like, is he just purposely trying to sabotage his team? Um, but we set the precedent that any type of mistake, even if the app makes a mistake, it's, you know, good luck is it, it, really what the precedent was for, for, for this league, which is, hey, I mean, that that's fine. We're out for blood. I just am going to be really careful about making sure I don't make any moves unless I have to. Just in case I accidentally drop like Le'Veon Bell in the league mode. So sorry, that's a mistake. But you got to be more careful next time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I definitely needed to take a shower after that day. But uh, and I, pr- if I really felt like my vote was going to move something, I may have voted different. But I just every now and then you got to try to stick it to Shane. He literally had people try to pay him to leave a baseball league. Like, this is what he does. This is yeah, what he does. I, so. It's a true story. Now, I mean, ra- yeah, ra- rather than do research into free agent players or before the draft, he'll do his research into the, the loopholes in, in every single rule that he can ring out. Absolutely. And, and then he does a justice stir up controversy. I don't think there's going to be a podcast next week because of him. I'm worried. <laughs> yeah. I, I would be. I almost want to throw. I want to throw this game so that he still has a chance and he won't sell Brown and Gronk. So we'll see. Good news is they haven't been as consistent as they normally feel feels like to me. Uh, I mean, Brown's had a bunch of single point weeks this year, which is really uncharacteristic for him. Yeah, it, there's so many I mean, people. I mean, he is. He has been disappointing. Yeah, he has been. Yeah, and Gron- now, now this is all setting up the trade for next week, obviously. But I mean, let 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 it be known that he has been disappointing. He has been, and and there's just so many weapons in New England. I mean, Gronk used to be it used to be the Gronk and Edelman show, and that was pretty much it. But now Brady could literally probably have us three out there and find a way to put up thirty points. So it, it's just it's crazy. You did um, run a lot of great tight end wraps in college when we, played, when we played football. Yeah, we were good. We were. Yeah. Doubtful. No, man. It was these dudes. Like, everyone wanted to run deep balls. And obviously, <laughs> I'm not running 30 yards every play. That's yeah, not you're happening. running button hooks there. Yeah, so I just... Everyone would run these deep routes, and there was a couple good players on the team, so they'd run really far, and people would chase them. And I'd kind of do that... I kind of do that Tyreek Hill against the Cowboys. Like, I just run the little 10 yard route underneath everyone, and Shane would just lob it to me. So, looked like Romo and Witten. 
hand touch defenses yeah. all day. Yeah. Nice. No, we played tackle, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We did play tackle. Yeah. yeah. Come on, we're not that soft. All right. Anything else? Anything else going on in the league, Phil? That you wanted to mention? Talk about? What do you think your odds are for making the playoffs? You feeling confident? Uh, I I'm pretty close to the, to, to feeling confident. I, I I'd say I'm optimistic that, that that I'll make it, but knowing that my my schedule's not that easy, uh, the next three weeks a lot of it's going to be dependent on what your game is. So if you were looking to make a strategic play here, right, cause you could say, well, if I wanted if I want Phil out of it, right, I could lose here, give Shane a shot next week, and then potentially Phil could Phil could be knocked out. Um, but the fact that you have the, the record that you do allows you to do that. You can do that and probably not miss out on the first round by. No, I want to bury so, Shane. Yeah, I want I mean, to be the one to throw dirt on that grave. So that's uh, that's where I want to be. He, he, yeah, I mean, tensions. People were running pretty hot this season. I mean, if if anything's clear from those, I feel like we have the highest level of engagement <laughs> in the email chains that we've ever had. Yes, Pe- people are hot. There's tons of moves going on. Like I love the Fournette move this week. I I only wish I was able to pull the quicker than that I think it happened like an hour after he said things were ready to go yeah I know um, but what 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 a great season it's been we we have three weeks left here and there's a lot of teams that still have a pretty good shot at making up what, what else can you ask for I mean my dad got home at like 4am from a 6 hour flight home from Vegas and the first thing he thought of was to send an email about saying that he forgot <laughs> to do something or I don't know even remember what he said yesterday but yeah, the email involvement has been good. It's been good. Um, I haven't missed the power nice. rankings, so that's good. Yeah, yeah, you've done you've done a great job. Um, I think I missed. So what what happened with your dad? He sent an email saying he wanted to sell, and then a few hours later, he said that was an accident. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. yeah, yeah. No, it was a, a joke. Yeah, he sent out a uh, email saying he was just he didn't mean to send the one where he was selling. Okay, because I sent a pretty enticing offer and I didn't hear anything back. <laughs> yeah, okay. I got it. I think, obviously, if he, I think him and Eddie's a loser-leaves-town match this week, so... Um, whichever one of them whichever one of them loses, I think there will be some pieces available. How does Eddie's schedule look the rest of the way after this week? Because I, I thought Eddie had a pretty good chance. He played me and Shane, so he has you, Bull, and my dad left. Yeah. So, fairly soft. Yeah. Could, could be worse. Um, I still like his chances. So one other thing I want to talk about. We did have some trades go down this week. Um, and we're going to talk about them here in a little bit. But, well, we can get into them right after this. But, Phil, you were one of the people that mentioned increasing the trade cap. That you can trade more than $25. You didn't want to limit it to just 25 Um it was something I kind of poo-pooed, I think, when you first said it right away. But um, I think I have a number in my head for next year that I'm going to propose, and I think it might be 50. I think we still need to have a cap. I don't want. I never want someone coming into the draft with $300, and that's bad for the league. It would be bad for the current year with them selling players to get $100, and I think it would be bad for the following year with them starting the year being able to really get whoever they want in the auction for whatever price. Um, 
Well, let, let, let me ask you a question, and I don't know what the result of this is, but whether it's bad to the league or not, how are the teams that started with the most money doing this season? So the, the teams that started with 225 versus the teams that started with 175, because I was one of the guys that was 175, and I kept living on Bell for close to 50, and, I, and I'm right there in contention. Um, me, me and Eddie had a lot of money. Um, I feel bad that, I mean, Ty and Mick started with 200, but it really should have been Ty with 225 and Mick with 175. Ty was just nice enough to split that difference with him because the owner before Mick mismanaged the funds a little bit. So they, <laughs> they shared which, them together. Which, which funds? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah. Um, Bull had a lot of money. That didn't really work out that well, I guess. Shane had all a lot of money. So, my dad was one of the lighter ones. Butler's been light every year. And it doesn't seem to matter, but... I, I think there's a correlation. I'm not sure it's huge, but I think there's a correlation. Shane can probably speak well, better to that. Let me, let me, uh, I was gonna jump in here. I think I think we can we can raise the cap. Um, I think it's it's kind of we didn't intend to. It's kind of like been a detriment to the trades. I think at some points, like and we might see this upcoming week where it could be. Um, well, that's why I think we, we why we sparked the conversation of why we might need to raise it. I think I'm thinking a way to maybe even it out is. Do you think we could lower our in season salary cap? to prevent teams from saying, hey, I'll give you this much money for these players, but you can only take on so much. The only the only um, reason it's 300 is because of the fab. I mean, we'd have to we'd have to decrease the amount of fab you have for the year. I mean, in a perfect world if you if you don't make any trades and you draft a $200 roster and you add $100 worth of fab players, that's, I mean, it doesn't work out perfect that way, but that's where I came up with the three hundred. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of ideas because I know, I know we don't, we don't like say we make the number fifth. Like we, we don't want it to turn into, all right, I'm gonna give you a hundred dollars this year, cause because I really want to win, uh, no. and then you start the next year with with three hundred dollars. Like we don't want that to happen. No, it's terrible. Um, that's that's exactly why we we try to limit it to twenty five in the first place. We, we didn't want guys going all in for one year. And then one team starts with three hundred dollars. The other team starts with a hundred, and it's just really lopsided for the following year. Um, we've got to find that that number that's that's even on both sides. So I'll, I'll just throw out: I'm a big supporter of, of increasing it, as, as you mentioned before, cause but just to see how it would play out in this type of situation, right? So right now, Shane has what I would say a long shot at, at making the playoffs, and the most I can give him would be twenty five dollars for Antonio Brown. Twenty four. Antonio. Twenty four. You already gave him one. I'm I'm trying to work on a hypothetical here to I'm go up to fifty. So. Sorry. <laughs> right now, he's saying I still have a chance, and then. No, but if I don't have it next week, come back and we'll we'll do the deal for twenty four. 
Now, if I was able to offer him 50 at this point, maybe that changes his mind, right? And then if I say it's 50 this week, but if you wait until next week, no matter the outcome, it's going down to 30. That might drive some more urgency. Getting a $50 head start on next year sounds a lot better than getting a $25 head start. Um, and I think it's also going to help redistribute some of these players so you don't see entire teams being traded for $25. Another example, let's say I didn't have a quarterback and I wanted Cam, Antonio Brown, and Gronk on my team. And if uh, I make a max bid of 25 that's the most he can get. He's just like, screw it, take all three. If it's 50 Right? Maybe I only want to give him twenty. Maybe I only want to spend twenty-five. He sells me Antonio Brown for twenty-five. Sells Gronk somebody else for a, another twenty-five. And I think it, it makes more sense that those players would get redistributed rather than somebody just spending fifty for the whole lot. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think we have in our minds players that are worth a flat twenty-five, like Fournette was worth twenty-five, but then you know McCaffrey and Thomas who every week combined will probably outscore Fournette, goes for 20 So, that, yeah, Fournette's a $25 player, but shouldn't two players that are maybe a step below Fournette also warrant that same? So, yeah, I understand what you're saying. My, my, other, my other thing that I think could really help is um, moving the trade deadline up until after week eight. And my reason being for that is, you know, Butler and Spears just, or Spears, I should say, just played Fegley at full strength in a huge division battle with Butler. I mean, they're tied. Spears has the tiebreaker. And now I think Butler's going to get to play a depleted Fegley at some point here in the next couple weeks in a huge divisional thing. So... I would like to see the trade deadline happen and be done with before the second batch of divisional play starts. I think that would also solve some of this kind of stuff. If we coincided these two rules together, I think it could have the net impact that we're looking for. So, Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think you'll see players really selling. I mean, you've got to be in a really bad spot to, to sell after week eight because there's so much, so much of the season left. Yeah, you almost got to be two and six or worse to, to, to kind of pack it in at that point. Or but, have some three and five and have some devastating injuries where where you just don't. Like, well, see like a shirt, like a Brandon Scherr season here where your top guys just go out. You're yeah. three and five, but you don't have David Johnson, Odell, like, and you just know you have no chance. But if we increase the cap to 50, I think, like Phil said, now you can almost entice someone to make that decision earlier when they're on the fence with an actual... I mean, 25 is half of a stud in the draft. 50 is, oh, I'm getting another freaking good player now. Yeah. So... I mean, it's a, it's a really good point. I mean, right now, I mean, I'll, I'll use my team because I'm pretty much the one that, that I guess this is hinging on. Um, I know I can get $25 from anyone right now. For, for Antonio Brown, like I mean, whoever, like pretty much whoever has twenty five dollars is going to be willing to give it for that type of player. But are they going to be willing to give fifty dollars for him? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and that's I what, think that's what, kind of what we're getting at. Phil has to decide, I guess. You know, in in this scenario that we're running through, Phil would have to decide: is it worth me really 
upending my chances for next year. Do I have a shot to win this thing or do I have a shot to make the playoffs? That's, you know, right now everyone has a shot to make the playoffs and, you know, everyone just wants to kind of get in. But how many of these seven or eight teams that are jockeying really have a shot to win at all? I mean, it's fantasy football. It's luck. It's a 55% chance and everything. But odds are maybe not, you know? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, really to me it's about get just getting in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, the, wor- the worst team in the playoffs is going to be a 60-40 underdog, whoever they're playing against. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, getting in the playoffs first round by is huge if you can get it. But you know, you're, you're talking that those odds, these are just dark throw plays. I mean, yeah, it is what it is. And if you get in the playoffs, you have to win one game to give yourself a chance to, to get a little money back. I mean, yeah. third place gets 25 bucks, and no one's trying to just eat $50 every year. That's a little bit of it. I think a lot of this league is obviously pride. We all have fairly large egos, and we're all pretty competitive people. So um, we like to, you know, we like to be the ones with our name on the trophy the next year at the draft. But the money's nice, too, especially right after the holidays, you know. <laughs> so, yep, for sure. Yeah, so... Um, we don't need to do too much of a standings review. I think we've talked about it, and we're already at 37 minutes, so we did a good job filling time, boys. But uh, some trades that happened this week, I think there were three of them. Um, Spears and Fegley. Christian McCaffrey and Demarius Thomas go from Fegley to Spears for $20 draft cash. Any Anything to, uh, anything to go with there, guys? Yeah, I mean, Demarius had a had a pretty solid game. Um, watching watching what I saw on on Sunday night, think think he's a little bit of an upgrade. McCaffrey, it's I, I think one of you guys mentioned it on a podcast before. Maybe I heard it somewhere somewhere else. But McCaffrey, it feels like they have to call plays for him, and he doesn't really fit into the offensive game plan over there. So everything just seems like a little bit awkward when, when he gets touches. But that being said, he, I mean, he is going to get the touches, the production. Who knows? I, but I, I think it's a good value add. I'm, I'm uh, a, I think it's huge yeah. for Spears. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's huge. Um, Osweiler was so bad that he just locks on to Demarius because um, he knows that he's his best player. Although um, Sander, just, Sanders, was the one, Sanders was the one eating Sunday night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, both. I mean, yeah, Sanders definitely Sunday night. But, I mean, Demarius, yeah. like, he, if you've seen the, the first two games that Osweiler started, I mean, he's just locking on to Demarius at first and seeing if it's there. And, and I mean, he's just going to get eight, nine targets every game, which is yeah. huge. And that's why, that's I think, I read somewhere that that's really what ran him out of Houston, is that he just would drop back and stare at DeAndre Hopkins, and Hopkins couldn't do anything because teams were just, they knew where he was going to throw the ball before he dropped back. Um, yeah. Phil, I agree with you about McCaffrey to a, to an extent about how he's kind of awkward in the fit there. But I'm a huge McCaffrey fan. I've watched. I feel like I watched a lot of Panthers football this year um, between the red zone and the primetime games that they've had. Um, it does feel forced. He definitely does not fit that scheme. But I think he's a damn good football player. I mean, he's made it work this year with basically nothing around them. I mean, no Olsen. Benjamin's been. Wasn't much when he was there. He's no longer there. 
I mean, Funchess is their best wide receiver. <laughs> um, yeah, so... He was on the wire a few weeks ago. He was. <laughs> I, I, t- I tried to get Eddie going Sunday night, or Monday night, after Funchess caught that pass and took off in the end zone. I texted Eddie, I'm like, man, I really would have loved to bid on that guy when he was available. <laughs> yeah, wish we could have got a shot at him. Yeah, because Eddie was the guy that had the most money, I think, at that point, so... <laughs> Um, God, part of me hopes I just get knocked out and don't don't make the playoffs. Because if I make a run when Funches plays a key role, I'm just going to get run out of town. You're not going to make a run, so don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, the dream ends this week. <laughs> Your matchups are incredible, though. Incredible sure matchups. Are. This has uh, 160 to 150 written all over it. Fournette goes from the clan to the hammer for 25 bucks. That's a big one. Sure is, and I was kind of surprised to see it. Um, I thought for sure Fegley was going to be holding on to Fournette. Um, I guess he says he's keeping Tyreek now. Yeah. Um, I got a 50 spot sure. that I got a 50 spot that says that changes by next year's draft, but. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm surprised that you're surprised, Shane. If anything, if you, if you want to look at this year's draft as evidence, it, it's pretty clear that Fegley is going to have some puzzling keepers come keeper time 2018. <laughs> um, Shots fired. <laughs> Dude. No, I, I'm just messing. That he, was funny. He, um, got a seven, he got a 70-inch TV. I, I watched a Red Zone there last week. Incredible. I can't wait. To see the draft spreadsheet on that thing next year, if we do the draft at his house again, yeah, hopefully I'm invited after that show. <laughs> if nothing else, I think we've locked down that the clan are our most unpredictable owner. Yeah, yeah, he's are. a little wild. I mean, I, I don't know if that's any surprise to anyone if you know facts, <laughs> but he, he's yeah, he, he likes to likes to mix it up, and you're not really sure which way he's going. I thought for sure Fournette was going to be a keeper, Grant. I mean, when you look at what you want out of somebody in your fantasy league, you want somebody that's opinionated, somebody that's active, right? And and he's he's always making moves. He he's always right there, chomping at the bit. You you gotta love having somebody like that in your league. Yeah, him and Papa Kaz are probably the two most unpredictable. Yeah. You never know what either of them are gonna do on a week to week basis. Um. And then the other trade, Butler also added Joe Mixon and Larry Fitzgerald for Devontae Freeman. So that was another big one. Freeman, I think, will be 11 bucks next year. So potential big-time trade chip or keeper chip there for Bull to go along with Will Fuller, Evan Ingram, and Adam Thielen. So, again, we'll see probably Will Fuller will be very similar to the Alshon Jeffrey trade from last year. Where a big time guy is traded, and then a week later, that person acquires a better keeper, and that person's no longer being kept. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, can't fault Bull for going out and, and adding to the roster. I mean, Devontae Freeman at 11 bucks is a great keeper. Yeah. I mean, and it's better, and in my opinion, I think in the whole podcast here, is going to say that's a better option than, than keeping Wolf Fuller. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think Freeman's. Uh, Top ten, probably top five keeper. Considering his price, you're gonna get an RB one slash, you know, 
probably a low end RB one at that price for eleven bucks. I mean, that's that's awesome and really setting yourself up. I didn't love this one for Butler. Yeah. Um. Well, I get it. I get yeah, it. I'm gonna say I get it as well. I, I looked. I thought about trading for Mixon, and his schedule down the stretch is brutal. Well, and that they offensive play, line, that offensive line is terrible. Yeah, and they and they play like four of the like top seven run defenses like down the stretch here. It's it's brutal. Cleveland, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, Chicago, Minnesota, Detroit, Denver, yeah. and Denver this week. Yeah. So, I mean, they play some, some real good defenses, so that's what knocked me out. I, I, I thought about trading for Mixon and just couldn't do it. So And look at the teams that he's played. I mean, 37 yards against Tennessee, 18 against the Colts, 29 against Cleveland, 62 against the Packers. Like, yeah, I don't know. And Fitz... I, I love the targets. I love Fitz, but Blaine Gabbert, mm, I don't know. <laughs> so, but I think you know Butler's taking a shot at it. I think he, he he I think he wants twenty points from these two spots, and I think he can get that on a week to week basis. So he said to me, he said I had to get rid of Freeman. I couldn't deal with the split carry life anymore and I just the only thing I said to him was it's always been the split carry life there it's the fact that Freeman's not scoring touchdowns this year that's the that's what's really hurt him so yeah I mean something I think that goes overlooked and maybe not by you guys but I think probably on a broader fantasy scale is really what you're kind of drafting is offensive schemes and offenses overall like what teams you think are going to do well in the season so if the Falcons are struggling then they're just not going to get production out of Freeman and Coleman. Yeah. Right? I mean, you've got to sort of bet on a team breaking out like the Eagles and then grabbing the players, the skill position players on those teams. But that, right? I mean, that's really been the big thing for my team is the Seahawks literally have no ability to run the football anymore. So Wilson just chucks it all day long, and he likes Baldwin the best. So it's been huge. So yeah, you're right. Yep. It has a lot to do with scheme. I mean, you want the back, you want the one, the lead back in the Andy Reid offense. You know, you want the lead back in the Steeler offense. But yeah. I mean, like look at look at look at Mike Evans. The the the, the Buccaneers are like a, a dumpster fire right now. And did Mike Evans is he bad at football? Did he forget what he's doing? Like no, it's just a product of being a terrible situation right now. Yeah. Yeah, which helps some players. I mean. Shepard's getting 15 targets a week right now, but... That's a little different, Yeah, but yes, you're right. Yeah. It, it elevates some players. It doesn't help your top-tier guys. Yeah. All right, let's get into the Week 11 matchups. We'll start off with Mick versus Fegs. This is, like, in order of importance to me, kind of. That's the way I set these up. Um, start off with the Mad Dogs. Can Jay finally hit value? For the Mad Dogs now, these last couple weeks, how do you guys? He hasn't really been what they thought they were going to get when they traded for him. Is now the time? Well, I mean, going back to what I just said, he's going to be based on, or he's going to go as far as the Eagles can take him. 
So do, do we think the Eagles can repeat what they've done in the first half of the season? Can they repeat it in the second half of the season? I don't see any reason why they can't. Um, I can see his usage only increasing in, in that backfield. Um, so I, I, I think he's finally going to start seeing some dividends from that. Uh, yeah, I think they are. I think he's going to start hitting value. I don't know that he's going to hit the value that they expected, but I don't see any reason that he can't be a top 15 back. He's a great he's a great RB2 paired with Howard. So um, that's a really good running back combo the rest of the way. Yep. So. Um, how big of a week can Tyreek Hill have for Fegley? going up against the hapless Macadonts. Yeah, the, the, the Chiefs and Andy Reid went from not being able to throw a touchdown pass to a wide receiver to being one of the most high-octane offenses in the NFL, and Tyreek Hill catching touchdown passes, no problem. Um, I, I, don't, I don't see anything that, that changes this week for that, so I, I'm going to continue to keep riding hot hand with Alex Smith and Tyreek Hill's going to have a big game. Yeah, it's going to be pretty big. Um, I got to believe that he gets in the end zone at least once and over 100. So we're looking at a 20-point week for Hill here. I don't don't know which. I mean, I'm tempted to play a FanDuel lineup with Smith, Hunt, Kelsey, and Smith, and uh, Hill. (laughs) Like, I I don't know how, how bad they can possibly beat the Giants. Who wins this one, Mick versus Feggs? I'll take Mick. Um, I hope it's Feggs, but it's Mick. Mick, clean sweep. Uh, Hammer versus Abusement Park. Start off with Butler's team. Which of Butler's new players will have the biggest impact this week? It's got to be Fournette against Cleveland, right? Yeah, so I'll use this as an opportunity to weigh in on the Fournette trade because I wasn't given the air time before. Oh. Um, wow. But, <laughs> yeah, so... You're more passive-aggressive than LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think Fournette is a top-three RV play the, the, the rest of the way. Um, I, I was really disappointed that I didn't get a chance, you know, due to a few different reasons. Um, disappointed that I didn't get a chance to throw my hat in the ring for, for bidding on him. Could have thrown a, a pretty good keeper plus not a max bid, but a $24 draft cash bid. I, th- I think Fournette is going to have a huge week this week against Cleveland and be, be great the rest of the way for Butler. Great great pickup. Um, no, it's going to be Fitz. You're all about uh, that Cleveland. third run defense, aren't you? Cleveland run D is solid, man. They're good. Um, I think Fortinet has an okay week, but not great. And I think Fitz is just Fitz, and he's going to put up 15 points. <laughs> so I think Fitz has the best game. Um, I'm going to take Fortinet, too. I, I just think... Coming off how weird of a week it was last week with him only getting, like, how many carries did he get? Like, 12, maybe? Oh, 17. He was only on the field for 55% of their plays. 
I think they're going to feed him this week. So I'm just going to take Fournette. I think it's safer. I can't go with Yabba Dabba Gabbert throwing uh, Fitzgerald the ball. So who wins this one? Butler versus Sure. Give me Butler. Butler. Yeah, that's easy. Um, all right, who wins this one? Spears versus Ty. <laughs> no, we'll actually talk about it. So, Ty's team, can, Mar- <laughs> can Mariota have a successful week against Pittsburgh on Thursday night? Uh, I, I don't see why not. Um, th- Thursday night, anything can really happen. We've seen everything go every which direction, but I, I don't see a reason being that Mariota can't go off this week. Um, no, he's not going to have a good week this week. Um, I think Tennessee gets exposed, and I think Pittsburgh is going to start playing a little better down the stretch here. Um, I think they got to wake up a call of how bad they played last week. That was just coming off a bye, too. Um, I think Tennessee. I think Tennessee's a little better than people think, but I think they get exposed this week against Pittsburgh. Kind of a barometer of how good they are, and uh, I think they're just not ready to match up with the top teams in the AFC yet. I think Mariota will have a decent week, but I agree with Shannon. I think it could be in garbage time. Um, I do want to yeah. see if Tennessee is able to run the ball on Pittsburgh. That does seem to sometimes be the weakness of the Steelers. doesn't always seem to be consistent. The common flaw with the Steelers is if you're, if you're like one of the six worst teams in the league, you have a real chance against them. Uh, everyone, everyone else, they seem to throttle, so... It's just the typical of the Mike Tomlin era. That's how it's been. So they lose three games yeah. every year. They shouldn't lose, and then they win the rest of them. It doesn't make any sense. I, I don't really understand why why it is the way it is, especially coming off bye week. Why they don't get up free games? I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll tell you why. The answer is because they're immature. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when um, you when your coach is one of the homies, you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like why? Why are they? Why? Why do they have stuff leak out of the locker room that nobody else does? Because no one likes the quarterback either. I think he's a real asshole. So, yeah, I I, I think it's agreed. Uh, it's probably a, a pretty strong lack of discipline for, from anybody <laughs> in there. I think Tomlin's probably more boys with those guys than he is a, a coach. Which is so weird yeah. because he just come, like his interviews are like he's like the ultimate disciplinarian. Those, like, he, he says he, he says what he has to say. Those eyes popping, everybody's impressed. Eyes popping out of his head. Took care of it. We are gonna handle it. And then you know, come out and lose. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, question for Spears' team: Was Dion Lewis a sneaky key addition for Team Ice Cream? I kind of liked it. I personally hate it. Um, not, I, I, I'm sure it's, it's fine for him, but having somebody like Deion Lewis on my team would just drive me completely insane. Not knowing, you know, trying try, try to balance whether or not to start him, um, because he's going to have some weeks where he just scores. He scores nothing. Like he, he, he might get like three or four snaps, <laughs> and it's it's going to be in a random time at the game, and it's just going to be really frustrating. So. I, I can see he's going to have his great weeks, but but to me the downside's just too much. The the floor is too low for me to take a chance on him. 
Um, yeah, I'm gonna go exactly what Phil said. I mean, <laughs> there's just the Patriots running back. Oh my god! I mean, how do you know from week to week unless you're like inside that building? <laughs> I don't think I don't think they know. <laughs> they probably don't. That makes it, I think Deion Lewis is probably the safest of them. I actually think he'll he's one that they like having on the field a lot, but uh, I just couldn't I wouldn't be able to trust it. Do you remember a few years ago when the Broncos had the ball on like the one yard line and their three running backs were doing rock, paper, scissors on the sideline to see who was gonna run it in for the touchdown? <laughs> yeah. That's that's what I feel like the New England backfield is every week. Forgot about that. That did happen. Um, I, I'll just add in I think Burkhead's the safest out of the three of them but um, for this team if he were to run into an injury with Murray or McCaffrey I think he'd feel better about starting Lewis than Frank Gore or Ty Montgomery so maybe that's the silver lining there he, the weeks where yep. he's involved Phil you're, you're right it, it is hard to find those weeks if you do pick that right week I feel like you're getting a monster game but, you know, he just had 17 points the other night against uh, the Broncos, but 6.4 the week before. So, Yeah, there, there was a game in the AFC playoffs last year. I remember playing FanDuel where I made a bet on Deion Lewis, and he just he, he popped off. It was Houston. Right? He had like, yeah, he had like two or three touchdowns that game, and it was, if you can pick the right running back, they're going to have a huge game, and, and that's what he and, he, and he has that upside. Yeah. Um, but uh, to me, I'd rather have a little bit better of a floor. Um, we all have Spears winning this one. Um, I'll take the franchise to <laughs> lose by 75 points. <laughs> <laughs> what a jerk. It's not funny, man. Ty's the nicest dude in this league. Let's go Phil versus Bull Seawolves versus the Bull Weevils. Start off with the Wolves. What do you guys make of Robert Woods' success and if it can continue? Yeah, I I don't know what to make of it. He's been on my bench. Kaz texted me last week while I was in. I I was away from from watching the games and and said, what are you doing with Robert Woods? This is ridiculous. Um, And he's made me question starting Marshawn Lynch over him this week, so it'll probably cause me to lose. So so great job on on your behalf of confusing me. (laughs) Don't don't give Shane any more Uh, ammo that he needs. (laughs) Kaz just has voodoo over everyone in the league. Oh man, it's my new nickname for him, subtle voodoo son of a bitch. Um, no, um, I don't think it continues this week. I think they're running into a bad matchup. Obviously, I like the Minnesota defense. I've gone on the line saying that, and obviously they're my defense. But um, yeah, that, that uh, Rams offense is pretty legit, isn't it? I, I, I don't see a reason why Woods can't continue to have success there. Golf's playing well. Well, we're about to find out if the Rams' offense is legit at Minnesota, home for New Orleans, at Arizona, home for Philly, at Seattle next five weeks. So, Are, are they the second-best team in the NFC? Are, are the Rams the second-best team? I think the Saints are. But 
And I, I would actually probably got, take the yeah, Vikings. Yeah, they've got a run game now. I'd so. take the Vikings over them too, I guess. I don't know. Wow. Wow. I just think that the... I mean, I, I guess we need to see Bridgewater. You can't take him with Keenum, I guess. But that offense is cool. It's it, That McVay guy, I, I like him a lot. So. Yeah. Well, if I was a curly owner, I'd like him too. Yeah. Todd, Todd, Todd. All right, talk about Bulls team. I think we briefly kind of touched on this. Between Thielen, Engram, and Devontae Freeman, who do you like best for next year for the Bulls Eagles to keep? Thielen and Freeman, and it's not close. I was just about to say the same thing, so. Thielen and Freeman. No other options. I'll bid on Ingram next year for five dollars. I like Evan Ingram a lot, dude. I, um, I'm not saying I don't like him. I'm saying I don't like I, I don't like any part of the Giants outside of Odell Beckham. Well, I guess Thielen is only five dollars, so that eliminates my Ingram's one dollar argument. Um, you guys are probably right. I do want to see what happens with Freeman and the concussions. It's his second one this year, um, but we'll see. Uh, you got to keep Freeman if he's the guy still. I, I am a little worried about that situation, though, moving forward. I mean, it wasn't supposed to be Freeman's job just two and a half years ago. It was always supposed to be Coleman's. Coleman got hurt. Freeman excelled. Um, maybe maybe Freeman's about to turn into Wally Pip instead of Lou Gehrig now. So. I think they're, they're, they're both high-value plays yeah. where, where they are. Um, I, I think that's a system that can sustain two great running backs. I mean, we're looking at Bull going into next year. If he goes in with Thielen and Freeman in the 25, I mean, we're going to be looking at a top two, three team in the league <laughs> going into the draft, right? Should be. Yep. Definitely. So, who wins this one? Wolves versus Weevils. I'll take the wolves. Wolves. I'll take the wolves as well. Clean sweep. This is where it should get interesting now. Right. So the desert dog, desert dogs versus the go homers. We'll start off with the dogs. Actually, we're just going to do a joint question because I I can't answer this. I don't know which of these two players is more locked and loaded for a huge one this week. Travis Kelsey or Kareem Hunt. Kelsey against this Giants pass defense that I think has allowed a touchdown to the tight end position every week this season. And then you have and then you, I'm serious. And then you have Kareem Hunt. Hmm. Who needs no introduction. For, for for me it's Kelsey. I, I can see Kelsey scoring two TDs early. And then being thrown out and dejected for either shoving a referee or taking a swing at, at somebody that may or may not be on their team. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you can say that just about every week. He's getting a lot of heat on this podcast this year. <laughs> this is a bad person. Yeah, he's, he's just a dick. He's no different than Gronk. 
He just doesn't have like the duh, duh, 69 touchdowns, bro. Like he doesn't have that. There's no different player than two of them. <laughs> He's a, no, Kelsey has this like this. I'm gonna beat my wife persona about him. No, he doesn't. Stop. Yes, yeah, that, that, that's yeah. That's what makes him a great desert dog. We <laughs> 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 you literally uh, have to your leave, leave your soul at the door before you walk in the locker room on this team. Can you play? You're in. <laughs> um, <coughs> Kareem Hunt. Um, I think this is this is a two touchdown week for Kareem the Dream. Um, I think he gets back on track this week. So I think they both scored two touchdowns, but I think your guys are gonna have more yards. So. <laughs> I think Smith throws for two, runs for throws for three, runs for one. Hill catches one and runs for one. Hunt runs for two. Kelsey catches two. There's it's gonna be like Oprah. I, mean, I, don't, I don't have my notepad in front of me, but I feel like that's fourteen touchdowns. <laughs> I think it. I think it was eight. No, <laughs> no, it was three passing and three rushing. Six. It's gonna be like Oprah. You get a touchdown and you get a touchdown and you get. A touchdown. <laughs> Um, all right. Who wins this one? So I let, let me take the first crack at this. I'm gonna say Cause wins it because his team's awesome. Shane is gonna say Cause wins it because he's gonna try and jinx you. And then Cause is gonna say Cause wins this because that's just how I am now. I'm confident. <laughs> no reason not to, right? <laughs> I'm gonna take my team because there's no reason not to. Exactly. Yeah, I was hoping you'd say that. Not so fast, my friend. Oh. Um, I'm going to take take your ball and go home. Um, because bag. I think we've been leading up to this game. And I didn't trade my players last week. Because I felt like I needed them this week to win. And I think we're going to get it done. Boom. You, it's funny that you said not so fast, my friend. Because you are about... As delusional and senile as Lee Corso, so <laughs> put on the mask on head. <laughs> yeah, good. Put on, put your house on your head. Put on, put on your tea bag hat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, spotlight matchup of the week: two boys in the league, the two most argumentative men in the league. Always can find something to gripe about any situation. The curtain versus the Patriots. Eddie versus Papa Kaz. We'll start off with Ed's team. And just, I can say that because I love both of them very dearly. They're both like father figures to me. Um, God, no one rides the fence like Kaz. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> wait, wait, which political office are you running for after this? I'm, I'm a, a Whig. Is that still a thing? Yeah. Green Party. Um, which of it... <laughs> That's so messed up. You guys are all the same. Um, which of Eddie's wide receivers do you trust the most on a week-to-week basis? You people are all the same. I think I've heard that before. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, from our current president. I'm going to go wild card here. Total wild card. I'm going to go Juju. I think, I think Juju is like a consistent eight or nine points a week from from here on out. Obviously, AJ, Michael Thomas, Brandon Cooks, those are guys that I want, but not guys I want to rely on for consistent production. 
Phil, who's your favorite football team? <laughs> so, <laughs> well, no, well, well you guys, back to my earlier point, An- Antonio Brown's lost some targets to, <laughs> to this guy, and this guy's had. I mean, look, look, look at his last few weeks; he's had a pretty strong floor. You guys are all um, the same. He's, he's all exactly what I thought. He's exactly what I thought Martavis Bryant was going to be this year, and, and I couldn't have been more wrong on that. And that's why I wanted to keep Martavis. Um, but I, I think he's he's trending up rest of the season. All right. So basically, when you asked this question, you meant Green, Thomas, or Cooks. <laughs> well, I I thought someone <laughs> might wall. say Juju, but you know, I then I remembered Eddie wasn't joining us, so. Um, but all these, all these Steelers fans are the same. So, well, didn't AJ just get thrown out of the game? And and what has Michael Thomas been consistently? Michael Thomas has been a target monster the last couple of weeks. Um, he's had seven, at least seven catches the last four weeks. He's the answer to this question. It's yeah, I was going to go with Michael <laughs> Thomas. So, uh, everyone, no I, I one's, think it's yeah, no one's talking about Michael Thomas right now because. Drew Brees isn't throwing touchdown passes because they're just molly whopping teams. Um, but like Phil said, one thing you want to put in your stock in fantasy football players is he said schemes. I would argue the only thing more important than schemes is usage rate. Um, and Michael Thomas is getting 10 targets a week. So I like that. Yeah, it's Michael Thomas. Um, Dalton's just. <laughs> Not very good. So, I mean, it's tough to trust Green, even though he's just so incredible at talent. Um, and Cooks, just the New England thing, it's just not consistent enough. And I actually don't think Cooks is as good of a football player nearly as the other guys. So, um, How hard was Brady yeah. trying to get Cooks a touchdown at the end of that game Sunday night? Yeah. I'm assuming you stayed up and watched the game. Yeah. Yeah. It was sickening. Yep. Uh, question for Papakaz's team: Which dynamic duo are you relying on this week? Jarek McKinnon and Kyle Rudolph, or Amir Abdullah and Marvin Jones? Hey, Abdullah got in the end zone last week. He sure did. First one I, I thought of was Shane when that happened. Yeah, I, I was watching it. I'm like, yeah, of course, Abdullah's going to score from like the six yard line against me. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> After we've been talking about how he never scores anything, um, I, I like the Lions. I'm, I'm still high on the Lions. I, I like Epilon and Marvin Jones. I'm, I'm still a big fan of. He's really come on recently. He didn't have a great week last week, but I, I think he bounces back this week. Um, I'm also gonna go with Abdullah and Marvin Jones. Um, I, don't know, I just think they're better than. McKinnon doesn't do it for me. I'll take the Vikings side. I think you can do more against the Rams defense than you can against the Bears defense. So, is is Latavius hurt? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't particularly care. I mean, he. <laughs> but, it, but the the point is, he steals. He, he vultures a lot of stuff from McKinnon. No, he does. You're right. And yeah, my point was that he stinks at football. But you're right. He does score touchdowns. So. Um, I just think I think McKinnon can do more in the passing game for the Vikings than Abdullah does. Riddick steals so many points from him; it's not fair. 
Um, do you guys want to do ra- Oh, sorry. Who wins? Ed versus Papakaz. This is important. Ed. Yes, the big one. Um, uh, I think I'm going to take Ed. Um, I'm going to take my dad because that's what both these guys would want me to do. So. Eddie would not want me to pick him, and my dad gets offended when people don't, so. <laughs> All right, Mayor. Thanks. That's me. That is me. The mayor of the Sons of Fantasy Football League. <laughs> A.K.A. the commissioner. So, you guys pay me to be this way. Um, You're up for salary renegotiation, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you guys are going to get me a private jet for life, so. All right, let's do really, really rapid fire because we're almost at an hour and fifteen minutes. So, this has been fun though. This has been a, this has been good. Um, who you got, Cream Hunt or Leonard Fournette this week? Fournette, Hunt. big. Um, I'm with Hunt as well. Fournette against the Browns. What? Hunt against the Giants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alex Smith has taken over that game. Uh, who you got this week? Tom Brady in Mexico against the Raiders or Alex Smith? Brady. <laughs> Thomas F. and Brady. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take Alex Smith. Just to piss Jane off. Uh, bigger game this week. Adam Thielen against the Rams or Mike Evans against the Dolphins? Mike Evans. He, he's he's got to show some kind of center life. I'm going to take more than a Thielen, one of two players this year to have five catches in every single one of their team's games, the other one being Jarvis Landry. We get it. You read Matthew Barry. Oh, is that what he, did he say that? They talk about it every week on the Red Zone, I feel like. Um, I actually haven't read a lot of Matthew Barry. I'm going to peg that to my 8-2 success this year. Uh, bigger upside, bigger upside is the streamer Tyler Croft against Denver or Mercedes Lewis against the Browns. Give me every tight end against the Browns. Mercedes Lewis. Yeah, Lewis, clean sweep. He will be my forty-six hundred dollar Fanduel tight end this week. More likely to be top twenty. Uh, both of these streaming running backs getting some looks this week. Jamal Williams or Samaj P. Ryan. Jamal Williams, not close. <laughs> Jamal Williams. Um, I will also take Williams' PR and stinks. <laughs> because Thompson is going to be taking carries from that guy. Sure. You're probably right. Boom. Piran is the Latavius Murray, though. He will get the touchdowns. We'll see. Who do you like more this week? Uh, Carson Wentz. Against Dallas or Russell Wilson Monday night against Atlanta? Give me Carson Wentz, Eagles roll big. RW1. Huge on Monday night. I'll take Wilson because he's a dog and there's no reason not to. Uh, Better game this week, Kelsey or Gronk? Gronk. Always. <laughs> you always have to put a Brady and a Gronk question on here just to kind of get Shane mad that you're even asking it. 
I'll, I'll take Kelsey. And a top five question this week: Who's top five? We'll we'll put two desert dogs in here: Cooper or Julio. Is that Austin Cooper or Amari Cooper? Amari Cooper, because Austin's oh. Hooper, not Cooper. Oh yeah. <laughs> You should have well, asked no, me, is it Cooper I, Cup? I, I saw top five and I saw Cooper. I was really confused who they were talking about. It could be uh, Cooper Cup. Leo. It could be Cooper Cup because Shane plays him in FanDuel yeah. every week. <laughs> um, Julio. I want to say Julio, but I, for some reason, think Cooper is going to have a big one this week. So I think that game's going to shoot out. So I'm going to take Cooper just to be different. Alright, that was fun. You guys got anything else? Jane, you excited about this week? <laughs> Could not be more excited. Um, yeah, three weeks left, and then all the teams that are kind of bunched up in our division kind of all play each other down the stretch here, so pretty uh, pretty exciting. Your playoff next piece. Next week is a uh, playoff piece comes out next week. Yeah, still waiting to see well, who your preseason winner was going to be, but... The world will never know. Keeping you, keeping you guys in suspense. <laughs> it's going to be like how many licks to the center of a Tootsie Pop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so um, still a, a little disappointed that it's been two years since I've been invited to join the podcast here. Uh, we'll have to see what the reviews come in at, see if we have a spike in subscribers. Uh, post this one, and then you know, maybe I'll be invited back for, for one more this year or... God forbid, one next year, so we don't have to go another two years. Like it's a like it's a damn Olympic game. Maybe you could show up to the play. <laughs> maybe you could show up to the league playoff party for once. <laughs> damn! All right, fair, fair, fair. Yeah. It's the same. So, eight, it's the same eight guys every year. Here. Quick question before we go here: Say uh, it comes down to next week, and you needing a win against me. How how uh, good do you feel about that? <laughs> not great. <laughs> not not great. I really hope Cos takes care of business. You've got a better team. I've heard this a song and dance before. It, just it never ends well for me. Can only, no. can only hope Fred Davis is out there on the wire. Oh God! Never <laughs> forget that. People don't forget about PTSD. <laughs> All right, this was fun, Phil. Thanks for joining us. Um, Thanks for waiting until after Survivor aired, too. That's big on Wednesday nights in the Cots house. So. Game changer. We had a brutal day, man. Dude, I, I bought crab dip at Costco for us to have as a Survivor snack tonight. And I'm like 10 minutes from work, and I left it in the fridge at work, so I had to turn around and go back get it. And <laughs> then when I get home, Libby's car's in the driveway, and... Griff had like torn up one of the carpets in the one room, and Jonah threw up in the car on the way home from daycare. So it's just, <laughs> it's just been a struggle. Uh, it's tough, yeah. tough How's Wednesday. What? How's his arm doing? Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's for another day. So for another show. Yeah. Um, all right. Thanks again for joining me, guys. This was fun. Uh, It'll be up for the league to listen to. Thanks for listening. Good luck in week 11. And uh, party at my house next week to celebrate the death of Teabag. <laughs>